Hello, welcome to this special edition of All Things Business, the podcast, and to part two of something which got the business community of Northamptonshire really buzzing just a short time ago. Good evening, and welcome to the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, live from Fabtronic, Malton Park, Northampton. Yes, it's part two of our look at the awards, which, because of the coronavirus pandemic, had to be delivered virtually to an audience across the county and beyond at the end of last month. Coming up over the following 35 minutes or so, you'll be hearing from more of the winners of the 12 sponsored categories which made up the glittering event. You'll also be hearing from the man whose team put the awards night together and why he thinks that having the awards is important for the present and for the future too. But more of Ben Thomas later. I'm John Griff and stand by to hear from some more experts in excellence. We start again with awards judge Richard Osborne though. Richard heads up the Business Data Group, helping businesses getting started and on occasion challenging the government of the day, principally through Companies House. Richard told me that, in his opinion, as a judge, the winners had proved that they had the staying power to adapt, manage and trade out of an economy in recession and battered by COVID-19. That's exactly it. The it's, it's what separates a good business from an exceptional business somebody can be good at business just by selling a good product and making a good bit of money um, and you know being profitable and that's great that's just being good business but what makes you exceptional and that's the entrepreneurial spirit within the business is that you're always looking ahead or you're be you're you're prepared to take a gamble to take a step that really is going to think right this this is all changing around me now i've you know i've got to do something different and whether you're afraid of making that step or not you just do it and that is the difference in my mind between a good business and an entrepreneurial business. That's Richard Osborne one of the panel of judges at the 2020 Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards. Right on to the winners part two. Marketing campaign of the year sponsored by Franklin Solicitors LLP. Northampton Town Football Club. There were plenty of contenders for the title of Marketing Campaign of the Year, but when the referee's whistle blew, it was the team at the PTS Academy Stadium for Northampton Town Football Club which ended up as champions. Caroline Lucy from the Cobblers was quick to make the point that their marketing campaign had had to overcome not only not having crowds at games across the UK, but also the loss of revenue that went with it. Absolutely. You know, the whole sort of not being able to have fans with us, you know, either at the PTS Academy Stadium or when we went to Wembley was certainly a challenge but you know now we've got fans all over the world that we've been able to reach and talk to and engage with right from the cobbler in the crowd which which we kicked it all off with through to all the virtual fan the mascots and the vip fans the hospitality which was all done on zoom and huge amounts of copy went into that and hours from our media team and tom cliff who was our match day host We've got something to look forward to now. How far is that marketing campaign added to the bottom line? Because if you haven't got people in the stadium, if you haven't got the the sales revenue coming from the bars and so on, that's a massive hit for the club. How far has that campaign been able to support your revenue generation? You, you take it beyond the virtual world into the digital world, you know, and we've been able to relieve some opportunities that they they held such as the advertising on the website and and such like you know we've been able to release that so we're now able to generate revenue as a result of that um the actual campaign itself was 
it, you know, it went some way. It didn't go a massive amount of the way that you would have if you took 40,000 fans to Wembley, for example. But, you know, it certainly had an impact on a playoff time that was very a very expensive time for the club. Not only, you know, with the COVID testing that the, the players and the backroom team all had to um, adhere to, um, but costs of fielding and putting on matches. Right now, you still can't get Cobblers fans into the PTS, but hopefully if the roadmap follows the, the path that has been set, by the time we get to the back end of June, that will have changed and that will be a different situation. How far is this campaign now going to be almost a, a, a part of the daily existence of Northampton Town Football Club? It absolutely will be. As I said, you know, the, the beauty of all of this was the opportunities that it created and being able to physically invite people from Saudi Arabia, Africa, Australia, um, Cuba into a virtual hospitality room was brilliant. But also we were able to engage with people who had mental health illness who would not be able to come to a game because that illness would deter them from coming to the game. But in the tranquility of their own living room, they were able to join us and to be part of that. So, you know, it has taken us into different areas that we will continue with going into the new season, which, you know, we're all absolutely desperate to get back. And from Cuba to Sixfields, we're back to that family feeling as it applies to football again. Of course, Caroline, it now means that having one marketing campaign of the year for 2020, your team has now got to go and get something out of its uh, box of ideas for 2021. What's bubbling over there? Oh, well, to be honest with you, you know, we we are blessed in that we are, you know, we have a very creative mind. We challenge ourselves constantly you know, it's not something we don't just run with the same old, same old. You know, we do try and come up with new innovative ideas. We're just looking at the season tickets at the moment, um, you know, and, and you know, we, we've come up with a campaign which we're hoping works. It certainly works in my head. Whether it works on paper <laughs> is a completely different thing. But that's where, you know, that's where the challenge comes. You know, the virtual hospitality was was something that, that came out of my head but then I had to open it up to the team and, and say, could this work? Can we make it work? What do you think? If it can't, it can't. But if it can, then it's it's brilliant, you know, and people chuck their own steer on things, you know, and it, that's why it's all, you know, it's part of a bigger team effort, you know, and the fans play such a big part of everything that we do on the creative side, because without the fans, we're nothing. You're absolutely right, Caroline. It's, it's back of the net time for the marketing teams and congratulations on winning the award. Let's hope it's back of the net for the team on the pitch before very much longer. And here's to onwards and upwards for the Cobblers as uh, 2021 rolls towards 2022. Good to talk to you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That's Caroline Lucy from Northampton Town Football Club. Food and Drink Award, sponsored by SH Pratt Group. Brooklyn Brownie Company. How many people do you know who carry on the business of their business on a night when they're up for a major award in business excellence? It's exactly what John Lashley and his son were doing as the announcement came through that they had won the food and drink category and they carried on working all the way through John's acceptance speech too. The pair were still working long after the awards when I spoke to John about how the Brooklyn Brownie Company originally came into being. I asked him if the business is actually a franchise for something based stateside. 
the business is uh, completely, completely homegrown, uh, built by myself and Leo. Well, at the time when we started, he was 12. Um, but yeah, we wanted it from inception to feel larger than what it was. And, and we knew that that worked uh, because at one one point when I was on a FaceTime with my mother back, because she's back home in New York, um, she was like, oh, this Brooklyn Brownie thing. Oh, yeah, I think there's one in, there's one in Flushing. I was like, "Wow, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is uh, this is something me and Leo made, and it's it's in the UK only." So uh, I think we cracked it. But when I when I made my mom believe that we were like a huge franchise. And when we say that, you, when we say that you are the Brooklyn Brownie Company, I mean clearly you've got vast factory premises, or is it your kitchen? From what I've seen in the local press. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we couldn't find a dark kitchen during the first lockdown, and that's when we needed to figure out how to up production, um, just because everything really exploded then. We, there was a huge demand for uh, baked goods uh, sent directly to people's doors. So we had to figure out how to upscale what we had uh, because no one could um, rent a dark kitchen at that time. And um, finally, I just went, you know what? Let's just strip out the entire lower part of the house. And we did. Uh, so we have an industrial kitchen and a packing facility uh, in the back. And um, yeah, it's, it's all stainless steel. Everything's looking good. For a lot of people, business becomes their life. Your business mm-hmm. has become the life of both you and Leo. You're both the dudes. You're you're the big dude. He's the little dude. But also, <laughs> it's been a process of healing, John, because soon after the business set up, there was a tragic family bereavement. Just how important then did the business become to you? Failure wasn't an option then. Um, when when that occurred, uh, everything had to pivot. I, I, I had to make sure that I was around for Leo always. Um, I was used to working uh, freelancing, sometimes going uh, for into London uh, for my visual effects side of things and uh, production directing side of things. Yeah, I knew that this little thing we created that was going to be a side gig, uh, we had to make work uh, for our family. And this is something that has got the two of you through uh, the loss of Leo's mother. Uh, The business is now well and truly established. You've been earning plaudits and winning awards left, right and centre. What is the secret of the success of your brownies? Um, I think sticking to the name, we create brownies. <laughs> when, we, when we look at many other uh, small uh, businesses and bakeries, even if they're named like the cookie company or the brownie company, you know, they start edging into other parts like blondies, pies, cookies, other things. And, you know, I kind of scratch my head. I'm like, yeah, but you guys are named, you know, brownie something, you know what I mean? Why are you baking cakes? Um, we stay in our lane and uh, we, we try to, to make the base of, of our brownies exactly what we wanted and i kept telling leo of this uh, this amazing 80s brownie that we have to have and try to create a little bit of chew nice fudginess and he thought his dad was crazy but uh when we finally cracked it he was like yeah man i've never tasted anything like this so yeah it it really works all right so sticking to the core value so my mouth is starting to water Mm -hmm. already what 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 would you say is the is the um what would you say is the fastest (laughs) shifting uh item in the brooklyn brownie menu uh, people do love Biscoff. Uh, they absolutely love anything Biscoff. And also when we did a Kahuna Cookie collaboration, because you slammed a nice, gooey, rich, volcanic-looking type of chocolate chip cookie on top of one of our plain brownies, drizzled um, milk chocolate all over it, stuck a Yorkie cube on that. And then when you pop that in the microwave for 15 seconds, you had this, this, this treat that was just out of this world. And it, it was amazing. 
John, I am drowning in my own saliva here. It, it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. You, you've now won the Business Excellent Award food and drink category. Is there going mm. to be a celebratory Brooklyn brownie as a result? Oh, my goodness. Uh, that night, me and Leah scooped out, uh, I think, close to a thousand brownies. So uh, just as soon as the cameras went, the camera went off, uh, we did a little bit of social posts and stuff. And then I was like, all right, son, we got to get to work. <laughs> and, uh, we just went instantly back to work. Uh, that's just how we do it. What 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 do you want to do with the business? Do you just want to keep ticking over as you are? Do you want to grow it? What what's the plan? I think the thing is people believe that um I walked away from my day job, which was uh, you know, sixteen years of uh, corporate creation and then and, and creative marketing and things of that nature. But I didn't. We pushed everything into our brand, and uh, and now we're starting to push that brand a little bit further. Like we are creating our own three D animations of a little dude, a main dude, and little dude. Uh, So this adventures of us. uh, We're thinking about making children's books that are a little bit more diverse and people can see um, people like us actually doing crazy jobs like this, baking and then just roles that you usually don't see. So we're seeing this as something has growth potential um, to not just do brownies, but to also bring in the media aspect. And Leo has a huge love for AI, so he's figuring out different things as well. Even if it's not used for our brownies or our brand, we have been helping and coaching other businesses as well. I can't wait to see what the merchandise line looks like in due course. (laughs) And there's definitely a film in the two of you. For now, though, John, say congratulations to Leo. I am am massively impressed by the way you've uh, developed this business and the fact that on awards night there you were scooping out a thousand brownies at the same time as winning congratulations (laughs) thank you so much that's john lashley from the brooklyn brownie company winners of the food and drink category at the northamptonshire business excellence awards and i'm still salivating so somebody please save me a brownie does your business need to be seen be heard or be found now more than ever companies need to make it clear that they are open for business All Things Management is a team of creatives who connect their clients to their audience. To find out more, visit allthingsmanagement.co.uk. Be seen, be heard, be found. We're halfway through part two of two special editions of All Things Business, the podcast, celebrating the winners of the 12 categories at this year's Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards. And again, it's time to move on. Land and Development Award. Sponsored by more Catalyst Land Solutions. Property development, particularly in the area of affordable housing, is a huge issue, not only for local authorities, but central government as well. This year's award winner at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards certainly has a skill in finding property for development and steering its owners through the myriad laws, rules and regulations attached to it. But where do you find suitable land in the first place? Brian Harding from Catalyst Land Solutions had all the answers for me. We go looking for it directly ourselves. We have some agents that bring it to us. And what we sort of act on on behalf of retained housing associations and developers, um, because of our industry-spanning experience in development and due diligence critically, um, we're often able to take sites to housing associations in particular and be able to hold their hand through the acquisition process um, and the planning process through to on-site um, delivery, development, project management and handover of new units for them. 
Where do you see the future for organisations such as your own? And there can't be many of them around, I would guess. But where do you see the future for, let's say, Catalyst Land Solutions going in the future? Do you want to spread the area that you want to work in wider or do you just want to concentrate on on a specific area? Well, our ambition is to be um, the project management stroke land consultant um, of choice nationwide for housing associations. So we want to be known as the de facto go-to consultant of choice, or at least, which will grow off the back of continued um, consistent delivery of projects for our clients. Does that mean that you're going to be acquiring land and also acquiring other businesses as well? Is, Is that how you're going to reach that penetration of the market? At this stage, it's more through spreading our wings, contact base into the land market because we, we are getting sort of land agents come to us consistently in Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Northamptonshire, um, Cambridgeshire. We're looking at stuff in Yorkshire. We're looking at stuff down in Wiltshire at the moment for clients as well. And it is, you know, getting those for a new client, as you can appreciate, is getting that first one or two projects done. So the relationship develops, the, the I suppose the, the trust builds up as well. Basically, we're looking at increasing our turnover 50% year on year. That's quite some target that you're setting yourselves in that case. And of course, here in Northamptonshire, whilst you're saying that there are increasing uh, inquiries, and, and, and let's not forget that we are very much still a rural county, we're about to go and see huge unitary change. Do you see that either putting the brakes on or actually releasing the brakes when it comes to new land becoming available for development? I think the reality, and I, I've encountered it um, in Buckinghamshire last year, um, where they became unitary authority, it hasn't really changed. The only thing I saw initially, and it was sort of this time of year, that certain, I would say, slightly trickier planning decisions were, we put it in the 2R tray until we become a unitary, so someone else can make that decision. Mm. So there was a probably a, a two-month lull, if you will, which given everything else that was going on with the world this time last year, people have much, for genuine reasons, much more important things to be getting on with. So to be honest, I I don't see it being a massive impact other than you would hope uh, increasing the efficiency. Well, you would hope, certainly. (laughs) Planning applications (laughs) notwithstanding and settling in notwithstanding, let's hope that service continues uh, so that organisations such as your own and the property developers and ultimately the purchasers uh, can get their homes built. In the meantime, Brian, it's great news. Congratulations. You are the Landon Development Award winners for 2020. Excellent. Thank you very much. That's Brian Harding from Catalyst Land Solutions. Big Business of the Year. Sponsored by MHA McIntyre Hudson. Medigold Health. The final category of this year's Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, which we're looking at in this edition of All Things Business, the podcast, is arguably the blue ribboned category, albeit that all the winners in all the categories have proven their excellence in the face of fine competition from all the finalists. On the night, it was Medigold Health which took the accolade, and a few days later, I spoke to Chief Executive Alex Goldsmith about not only the company's success, but its repeated success from last year's Business Excellence Awards. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, we we uh, obviously, like all businesses, we've been through a very tough year um, for obvious reasons, that like everybody else, and so to to get this Philip at the end of it, or hopefully near the end of it, is, is, is amazing, especially seeing as um, it's the second year in a row 
that we've won this award. Ask any person what's most important to them, and they're likely to say either their family or their health, and it's kind of always been that way. Ask any CEO about the most important asset of their business, and they're likely to say it's their people. From the perspective of occupational health, Medigold's business covers both groups, all of that, and, and, and a lot more besides. Yeah, I mean, you've sort of stolen my punchline because I, I always make sure, because it's true, that I, I acknowledge the people in the business first and foremost whenever we win these types of awards. Um, we, I'm very lucky. I'm sure every CEO feels this, but I I really do feel that I, I'm quite special uh, in terms of the people I have working with me. Um, I'm very lucky to have an incredibly high caliber of, of employee from, from every part of the business, and they're all just incredibly passionate about about our company and I suppose as you say because we're in health and wellness it's it's very easy for them to feel passionate about what we do because at the end of the day we, we try and make the world a better place without sounding too cheesy. Yours is a big business but it's also a family business your dad set up the business why Northampton for what is now a company which literally reaches millions of employees across a very okay. large area? Yeah that's a great question so um when my father started the business in 98, it was as a result of a management buyout from a, a London-based insurance company uh, in an insurance medicine type of role. And uh, it just turned out that the customers that, when he did the buyout, the customers that he had were spread far and wide from sort of not quite Land's End to John O'Groats, but not far short. So it was actually more convenient for him to be based more centrally from than, than North London, where we were originally living. So my father moved the family and the business to Northampton in, in I think, 1997, when it was before it was Medigold. Um, and uh, and it's actually a very convenient place. Northampton, A, we love the county and we love the love the people and uh, we love the area. And it's not far from London if you want to go into London. So that's very convenient. But it's also very easy to get to all parts of the country and see lots of different customers. Um, so that that's the primary reason. To what extent has Medigold been touched by COVID-19? And I mean that in more than one way. I mean, literally in terms of how has the, how has the virus affected the business of the business, but also how has the virus affected the people who work in the business? Oh, that's a big question. So um, obviously we're in healthcare. Uh, I think the easiest way I can answer that is when it hit, when the virus hit, and the economy crashed. A lot of my friends were calling me saying, well, you must be in a good place. You run a healthcare and employee well-being business. You know, you must be in great demand. And and the 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 honest truth is that we we kind of were, but we also had much of what we do removed because we simply couldn't do it. So we couldn't see people in clinics. We couldn't do a lot of the health work that we normally do because of the rules and the restrictions in place. So we actually lost 50% of our revenue pretty much overnight, mm. even though we're a healthcare business. Mm. So we were as affected as anybody else. You know, any any CEO or FD will tell you, if you lose 50% of your revenue overnight, you know, it's pretty hard to cope with. And, and so the way we honestly got around that problem was our people. Our people all were incredibly flexible they all were 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 brilliant in being asked to work differently work remotely they were the people that were asked to go on furlough did it without complaint and and with a huge amount of grace uh, and helpfulness and the 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 sort of half of the business that we had to keep on working to, to service the half of the customers that hadn't uh, gone into hibernation um we actually all agreed to work to different terms different hours um, in some cases, even even reduced pay because obviously we were weathering a very significant storm. And so I want to say now, I'm glad this is going out on a podcast because I want to say again to all the people at Medigold, 
you know how grateful I am that they were all so incredibly helpful and amenable and just uh, and obviously felt great uh, affiliation and, and almost love for the business for, to help us get through what was a very tough time so and obviously then being in health and wellness they then had to go out onto the front line and 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 take part in huge amounts of covid testing and put themselves at risk uh, and obviously we made all the appropriate um uh, ppe and health and safety uh, measures and covid safety measures to make sure they're as safe as we can be but they've done all of these things with with huge amounts of of fortitude and enthusiasm so i couldn't be more grateful really Coronavirus has affected so many sectors, virtually every single sector in the British economy. How do you feel it's going to shape your industry and particularly occupational health and welfare in the coming years? I mean, are are costs going to skyrocket? Are more and more people going to be looking uh, for support from companies like Medigold? I mean, how well placed are you to either take advantage or, or, or be able to field what could be a tidal wave of inquiries now? I think the short answer is that for years, health and wellness has been paid slightly lip service by companies. It's been a bit of a tick box for a long time, uh, if we're being blunt. We've seen before COVID, in the last two years, a, a, a sort of shift in the attitude towards health and wellness. So probably two years ago, it, it moved up from an AOB item on board meetings to probably number three or four. What COVID has done quite clearly is push it for most businesses, right up to number one slash two alongside financials. So health and wellness in the workplace, mental health and well-being, looking after your people, realising that to, to retain staff means, frankly, huge efficiencies and, and improved morale and improved culture in your business. And obviously health and wellness is a massive part of that. So COVID has, I would suggest, probably accelerated the already happening um, phenomenon of people focusing on health and wellness in the workplace by probably two to five years. When it comes to developing that new business, Alex, who and where are your target clients? The short answer is occupational health should and is now available to any employer, no matter if you've got two people or 50,000 or more. We can do that. It's a slightly different way of doing it. The the one for smaller companies is called Medigold Health Protect, and you can get, find that on the website. Um, easy to find if you Google it, Medigold Health Protect. So, no, we, we don't uh, discriminate how big you are. I do feel that um, more and more employers will turn to occupational health as a way to keep their staff healthy and engaged. And we, we welcome all comers. And I think we've come full circle because, let's face it, Alex, people by people first. And that's clearly what has made you, not for the first time, Big Business of the Year. Congratulations to Medigold Health. A real pleasure to talk to you, Alex. Good luck for the future. Thanks so much. It's a real pleasure. Cheers. That's Alex Goldsmith from Medigold Health, Big Business of the Year winner at last month's Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards. We've come to the end of talking to the winners, but what about the team that put the awards on, having had to come up with a totally different way to deliver them thanks to coronavirus? Here's your host, Ben Thomas. Ben was my first guest in episode one of All Things Business, the podcast. Six months later, he was again in front of my microphone when I asked him if he and his superheroes had been under pressure to get the job done. Pressure? (laughs) Um, Yeah, we were under it. Um, I'll be honest, it was last year we obviously rescheduled the awards. Um, We we wanted to hold out to have the live event. And um, cancelling it or postponing it was never was never an option really purely because of the number of entries that we had even though 2020 was that year that affected everybody in some way shape or form 
the show just had to go on. We reached out to our AV partners, uh, Fabtronic, who we've worked with for a number of years, who are fantastic. We brainstormed lots of different ideas and we came up with, uh, with, with the evening that we delivered. What for you is the benefit of having awards in the first place? Twofold. All things business, yeah, I would like to think it cements us within the Northamptonshire business community. But also Northamptonshire needs it. Northamptonshire is a wonderful county that's got such a diverse range of businesses. Long gone are the the, the days that we will only be renowned for high-performance engineering or or the shoe industry, even though those are two fantastic sectors that will forever be part of our history and heritage. But with engineering, technology, uh, food and drink, manufacturing, there's so many wonderful sectors that are in this county. And Northamptonshire, it needs, a, I believe, a, a, uh, an award ceremony that, that uh, is fitting of, that, of those sectors. Time and again when I've been talking to the various award winners they've talked about people this has been bizarrely a year for employer-employee relationships perhaps as never before. Definitely I mean if you reflecting on the judges comments we facilitate the awards we host and we arrange them but when you listen to the judges comments the one common theme for all of that I think was the togetherness between that employer and employee. I think employees now, more than ever before, have really appreciated the hard decisions that employers have made. Employers have perhaps maybe appreciated the the employees that little bit more because they've really gone above and beyond in these home working environments, etc. And that there's so many wonderful examples of of how tragedy, in I suppose, in from COVID, has actually brought. I would actually say the word success because there's lots of examples of success and I'm not on about financial success I'm on about success in terms of relationships and positive outcomes and that was that was really good to see. One of the other things that Richard Osborne was saying as a judge it was that actually it's the bold businesses that are going to benefit out of this they know that they've got to make a perhaps hard decision but they take the decision they make a step into perhaps the unknown but that boldness actually pays off and with the the country being in recession as it is hopefully on the way out of pandemic there are going to be opportunities in the economy as a result definitely i think if you look historically at previous recessions the companies that make those bold decisions at the start and during those recessions always come out stronger. There's no end of examples of that. And I think reflecting back on the employee-employer relationship, employees now, I think, not not everybody financially has been massively hurt because of the, um, uh, the, the, the number of different schemes that the Chancellor has implemented. But businesses have been hurt and some of, the, and some of that knock-on effect hasn't necessarily happened yet hence why hopefully we're coming out of pandemic but you know we still may be in recession for many many months to come i talked about pressure uh, you've got to do this all over again later this year haven't you yeah <laughs> um hopefully this this will be the last virtual awards because you know we will come out of this pandemic so in november so trevor mcdonald will be the host so um, i'm gonna hang up my uh, my hosting skills, which obviously I was forced to do. Um, and we're going to hand over to, to the one and only Sir Trevor McDonald to, to, to take over. And entries open in May for, for this year's awards. Congratulations. They looked fantastic on the night. Uh, oiled slightly by some gin before we got started. That was that was very welcoming to see. But a great success story for the county again. Yeah, Warner's are one of the county's flagship brands. Um, you know, if you, you look at their success and the, in a relatively short period of time, we wanted something to break the ice, excuse the pun, and uh, we always have a drinks reception at our events, 
and um, when we when we were brainstorming this, I said we still got to do a drinks reception, and my my superstars sort of looked at me and said, "How are we going to do that?" And I went, "Well, let, let's go live to Warner's. Let's can we do that? Well, let's make it happen." And um, Tom and his team were fantastic, and yeah, he's a he's a bit of a character, a bit of a showman, and uh, I thought it was a great way to start the start the awards. So dinner jackets and sparkly uh, dresses, but this time you're going to have to be careful what you wear below the waist. Well, Sonny Singh very kindly took part in a little uh, promo video for us, where I think he uh, donned some Bart Simpson pajamas on his lower half, but he he wore his tux upstairs. But it was great to see on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook the number of selfies of people that actually. He did dress up they, they they were staying in in but they they dressed as if they were going out out and and that was really good to see that's ben thomas now making way for sir trevor mcdonald and 2021's northamptonshire business excellence awards so get those nominations in from the organizers again sincere thanks to all the sponsors who supported all of the categories contested and from me my thanks to all my guests Richard Osborne from Business Data Group, Caroline Lucy from Northampton Town Football Club, John Lashley from the Brooklyn Brownie Company, Brian Harding from Catalyst Land Solutions, Alex Goldsmith from Medigold Health and Ben Thomas from All Things Management. Thanks to you too for listening and joining in with the excellence of Northamptonshire's Business Award winners. And until the next edition of All Things Business, the podcast, take care.